was of the church in Jerusalem in those early days. Okay, we've already looked at this. This is a little bit of review, but we're going to go somewhere with this. So Acts 2, verse 42, listen to what the church, this, I just asked David, hey, if somebody asks you tomorrow, describe the cornerstone. He's like, I hung out with happy people. Okay, if you asked, if he was there in the church in Jerusalem in 33 AD, this is maybe how David would describe what was going on. Verse 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Sounds like the cornerstone. Everyone was filled with awe. And many wonders and miraculous signs were done, done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to everyone as he had need. Every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And if you guys ever wonder what I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about how do we get that kind of Holy Spirit power and that kind of community and that kind of focus on Jesus and the experience of life change in this community and beyond. Because what I don't want us to do is to do church the way that we were taught, simply. Now, the way we were taught was good. But I don't want us to just out of habit, out of doing the just well, that's the way we do it. I want us to think outside the box. What would it look like if we took the, this Acts model? We're, you know, we're way ahead of this. We're way past this in the book of Acts. We're already up in chapter 11. But what if we took what was going on in the book of Acts and we applied it to the people of God at the Cornerstone in 2019. I want you to think about it. If you were the campus pastor, if you would please take my job as a pastor, and now you got this cool office upstairs and all these cool people that you're ministering to, and you and the, and the Lord asked you, okay, how are you going to do this? You're, to, you're here to build my kingdom on this campus and through this campus all over the world. What are you going to do? How do you want to do it? And I know what so many of you is like, Lord, you tell me. But he'd ask you, no, I want to know what's in your heart. How would you do it? So how would you guys do it? Just think about this for a second. How would you do it? How do we take what was going on in the book of Acts among the people of God and put that into practice right now? Okay, Luke's got, Luke's got some ideas. I knew he was going to say that because I asked. He was sharing with me. He had all these charts written up on the, on the, on the wall in the prayer room last couple days ago. And I said, why don't you just share that on Thursday night? So here's, here's what we're doing here. Luke, Luke has taken uh, this vision, this, this stirring in his heart and sharing it with you. And he told me this afternoon, he said, I'm not sure I'm going to make total sense to everybody. But we're going to pray. Come here, man. We're gonna pray for him, and um, let's let's everybody stand up, and and he's gonna, he's gonna try to share what's in his, this brain of his and in this heart with the rest of us. And I I'm, I think you guys will be excited by this. So, Lord Jesus, would you would you speak to us right now? We don't want to just hear crazy ideas from Steve or from Luke, but we're asking that you'll show us the way to build your kingdom here on this campus and in this building and in the lives of each one of these people in a way that would cause echoes throughout the world, that you'd get glory. Help us now to listen to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to drop everything everywhere, probably. Oh, I don't need it. <laughs> I'm just going to reach down a lot. Um, okay. Um, so I kind of want to, like, preface kind of this um, because obviously like this as Steve just said like this isn't something that you know I want to just come from me this is something that um, I've been praying about for a long time um, <laughs> this is something that I've been 
you know, really since, since I realized, oh, like, my life is God's, like, what I'm doing, this is all for Jesus, and, and he wants to use me, I started asking him, okay, well, what do you want me to do? What, what do you want me to be about? And pretty, pretty quickly, um, he started revealing some kind of passions in my heart, and I started praying and asking him, okay, what does this look like? How am I going to do this? And this is, like, way too big, and ah, I have no idea. Is this just me? And so um, I want to preface everything that I say with, uh, like, this is something I'm figuring out. This is stuff that I'm learning from the Lord presently, stuff that he's been teaching me over the last, really the last two years. And um, I'm learning from, from people. I'm learning from you guys. I'm learning from conversations that I have on a day-to-day basis. And so, um, yeah, please, like, understand that um, you're looking at, my heart and my mind in its kind of deconstructed state, not necessarily in a, like, this isn't a business pitch. Um, I don't have, you know, I'm not asking for a hundred million dollars. I wish I, if I wish I, I wish you had a hundred million dollars that you could like buy in with, but, um, but really I, I'm, I, I'm thinking and I, I want, I want you to be involved in that thinking. So, um, yeah, um, I guess the first thing to um, to really say is kind of give a little bit of that backstory. So two years ago, God was wrecking my life. I was here in, in Arlington, but I, I had previously been planning to go back to the UK. Um, I, uh, I, I, I was supposed to be going and doing a mechanical engineering degree, but God was like, no stay <laughs> and 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 that that obviously like wrecked a lot of my plans but also plans that other people had for my life and I came out of this year-long uh, program that I'd been doing called pays um, doing youth ministry here in this city and um, I started to ask God okay what what should I do and this this opportunity came up for me to go to Hawaii and who, who would like to go to Hawaii who's been to Hawaii Hawaii is beautiful. I was there for three weeks, and I went to the beach once. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I wasn't there for the same reasons that most people will go to Hawaii, but I was there to um, be at a conference, a three-week conference at the YWAM base that's on Hawaii. And um, that was a huge kind of in-depth. God was just teaching me and giving me downloads about, okay, who am I? Who you know, who has God made me to be and what am I supposed to be about? And I was challenged by a couple of cool people who were like, you need to, you need to think big and start to ask God big questions and allow God to work in um, and work and speak into areas that you wouldn't necessarily have him speak into. So there, there's this crazy businessman that was like, every time that I, I, I need to make a business decision, that decision is made in the prayer room. I get out this this huge roll of paper and I just start writing whatever the Lord's teaching me. And he'll give me specific strategy. And I was like, wow, I've never heard anyone who's like, I'm going to use my relationship with God in such, uh, such a strategic way. You know, this is, this is someone who's using God's wisdom to make like business decisions. And so I, I, I learned a lot from him. And one of those things was the big paper. So if you see a lot of my big paper, like that's fun. So um, I came back from Hawaii, like, man, like our generation is so cool. Um, what God's doing in our generation and, and what he's put inside of us is so awesome. And I want to, I, I want to be a part of what God's doing in our generation. Came back from Hawaii and was like, I need a place to do this. And one of my friends was like, you should, you should go talk to Steve. So I came here to the Cornerstone, um, started talking to Steve. Steve was a little bit put out by me <laughs> because I didn't know how to communicate what I wanted to what I wanted to do and what I was passionate about. But Steve, in his mercy, <laughs> um, was just like, "Come, come do it. If you're if you're passionate about it, come do it." And so for the last year, uh, no, really the last two years that I've been here at the Cornerstone, that's what I've been doing. Um, I've kind of been learning and I've been growing and I've been developing all of these different ideas. And now I've arrived at this point. Oh, I just want to say, I wanna, can I interject? Here's the deal. He came here and he told me what I already knew and what so many of you know about what is wrong with the church of Jesus. And I said, you think I don't know that? 
I said, why don't you join me and do something about it, you little punk? Now, I, didn't say, I didn't say that, but that's why I was like, anybody can come here and tell me what's wrong. The question, can you, can you be here and do something about it? So I said, look, here's my challenge to you. Come and join me. Let's make this kingdom great. Are you going to help me, or are you just going to tell me what, I'm, what, what the church is doing wrong? He said, I'll help you. Guys, this place is amazing because so many people are here. But Luke has been such a solid part of it. So I just had to say that about it. I'm so proud of him. Because his instead of pridefully walking out going, that old dude doesn't know what he's talking about, he's like, okay, I'm here to serve. Can I wash your feet? That, that was his attitude. <laughs> and so now we get to now, um, uh, Thursday night. I don't know what day it is. Um, <laughs> and I'm convinced of um, uh, of and of the necessity for a kind of new church structure that matches uh, the tactics of Jesus and the early church. Um, and I say new in inverted commas because I don't think it's new. I think it's old. Um, <laughs> it's this like new and old thing at the same time. And I think it's I think it's been done before in the past. And I've got like an example of that um, that isn't in the Bible. But yeah, um, so kind of the the big kind of question that 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 I, I wanted to very quickly kind of go over is what is God doing? Like what is what is he doing right now in 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 the situation that we're in? Um, if you had to say, okay, it is 2019, what what is God doing? Um, this is probably how I would answer it. I would say God created the earth and he created man in his image to represent him. And then um, he he gives man the commandment and uh, and and the commissioning to uh, and and people call this something called the cultural mandate. Essentially, it's where God says to mankind, multiply and fill the earth. Um, and we we w- that's called the cultural mandate. Fast forward a little bit, mankind messes it up. <laughs> you know, we're given this free will and we mess it up. But God has this promise of Jesus from the very beginning, and we see that woven through history. Jesus arrives on the scene, you know, uh, many, many years later, (laughs) Jesus arrives on the scene, and Jesus issues this new commissioning. He issues this kind of subset of the cultural mandate, but now it's, it's go and make disciples of all nations, you know, teaching them to obey and baptizing them, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And it's this, like when you look at those two things, that they're, they're so closely connected. You've got this fill and multiply, and now you've got this, like, multiply and fill, kind of, you know, we're, we're supposed to now kind of continue, but with this new, um, this new mindset of, wow, we're taking God's kingdom uh, with us. So, when we're when we're when Steve is asking this question of what does what does the culture of God's kingdom look like and what does uh, the culture of of a, a kingdom-minded community look like, um, you know, obviously we we go back to those passages and we look at Acts two and we look at really what the disciples were doing, and um, I want to focus on some of those key um, key attitudes and then I want to highlight kind of what we're doing presently and what current church structure looks like. And then I want to kind of not pick it apart because (laughs) as Steve kind of forenoted, I I don't dislike the church. (laughs) And I I don't want this to be about picking holes in in what many people have invested, you know, their lives and their hearts in doing. You know, there (laughs) there are people much older, much wiser, much smarter, much more dedicated than I am, uh, who've been doing this for so long, and 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 they, w- the work that they have done is not bad. You know, that's that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is let's let's go the next level. So, I want to focus on um, this kind of key of um, discipleship and what what does that look like, and and that's something that we've been talking about a lot. So. Um, Something that um, a couple of things that have kind of shaped my my view of what discipleship looks like. Um, one of them is this book. Um, Steve gave it to me in November. Um, Master Plan of Evangelism, or the Master Plan of Evangelism. 
it kind of like gave me a lot of the words that I was wanting to use, a lot of the, the tools to communicate it. Um, this book is a really short book, as you can tell, but it goes into a lot of detail about um, Jesus's strategy, um, Jesus's strategy for training uh, the disciples. And I, I guess I can, I can best explain it by just reading off to you the table of contents. It's one of those books that is really well-structured. I'm a big structure person, and so when a book is well-structured and you can just look at the table of contents and be like, yeah, this is what it's saying, um, there are, there are kind of eight key things that Jesus does. He selects his disciples. The first chapter is selection. Um, he then chooses them and says, come with me. You know, be with me. He associates himself with his disciples. Um, they go everywhere with him, and, and they, they do things together. Um, he, um, the, then the next thing, the, the word that they use is consecration. Um, really, he asks them for loyalty. Um, he asked them to, to follow him and f- to follow him faithfully. And I don't think Jesus was like, okay, you need to sign a contract and be faithful. But he was like, okay, you're going to follow me? Okay, we're going. We're, are you following? Okay, let's go. Let's keep going. Day after day after day. And they would prove their, their, their loyalty over the time. As you read the Gospels, I, I'm kind of blown away by um, <laughs> like some of the, mis- not necessarily misunderstandings, but these these people had seen Jesus work. They'd seen him work, but they still didn't know exactly who he was. <laughs> you know, they're kind of following around this stranger, but they, um, but they trust him. They they trust him completely, and they step out in faith. Um, the next thing is impartation. You know, God, Jesus gives them his spirit, and that he gives them, um, he gives them opportunities to 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 practice what they're learning. Um, demonstration he he demonstrates uh, everything that he's he's teaching to them um, he demonstrates you know he teaches them how to heal people and as we as we were looking at um, last week you know we see Peter still walking in those things that Jesus taught him like this wasn't some short-term thing this is something that that was ingrained deeply in in in, in how they in how they operated um, he delegated to them. You know, he sends them out. You know, you see the sending of the seventy-two. You see, you know, these opportunities where the disciples have to to represent Jesus, even while Jesus is there, um, and he supervises them. He he checks up with them. He makes sure that they're doing well. He he's he's rejoicing with them. He's he's doing some kind of cleanup work when you know they have the wrong attitude or the wrong mindset, and then. Um, he expects them to, to, to reproduce what he did. He expects them to, to bear the same fruit that he did. So those are the topics. This is a fantastic book. But I want to kind of, uh, I'll, those I'll probably come back to those topics. But um, three weeks ago, um, Pastor Gary, if you don't go to Grace, you won't know Pastor Gary. Pastor Gary is like Steve's boss, but he's, he's awesome. He's been doing ministry since he was like our age, um, <laughs> and Pastor Gary had this message um, on kind of like the five levels of discipleship, and that kind of struck a new like a new level of communication for me. And so I want to briefly um, kind of explain what what he talked about, and then I have some some development. So yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so the five levels that, um, that Pastor Gary highlights are um, the crowd. These are the, the people that, um, that came and saw Jesus. They, um, they, 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 knew, they knew Jesus is this healer, this person who can, who can fix them, who can um, look after them and, and provide for them. And so they, they come. They come in droves. They come in thousands. And they experience Jesus. Um, they experience his teaching. They, 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 they get to know him. Um, but that's, that's as far as they, they really go. Um, the next level, and I, these are levels. I should have prefaced this. Um, Pastor Gary's question, and, and, and I guess the same question um, kind of goes tonight, is, um, is w- if you were back in those, t- 
days, if you were uh, on the earth and, and Jesus is, you know, doing miracles around you, which level would you be at? You know, where currently is your heart? And, and, and I want to ask that same question tonight. And then I want to uh, invite you and we'll have fun. So um, <laughs> the next level uh, is the 72. Um, so these are the people who, who kind of, you know, they, they were like, wow, Jesus has something to give. And he's inviting people to, to share in that. And he's, he's inviting me to actually go and share that on a, on a part-time basis. You know, they, they got to go out and, and, and share God's kingdom. They got to do the same miracles that Jesus did and, and, and deliver similar people, not the same people because, yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, the, these people were involved a little bit. They, 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 they realized, man, this is something that I'm going to get involved in. God, Jesus has this goodness for me, um, and I'm going to get involved in it. The next level um, is um, the 12. Um, sorry, I kind of messed that up. Um, <laughs> um, but the 12 are Jesus' disciples, the ones that he's really investing in. And it might not look like he's investing in them, because when we read through the Gospels, um, you, you, you mainly focus on and you mainly see um, the big miracles. You mainly see the huge things that Jesus, uh, Jesus does. But you don't really hear about the, the intimate um, kind of behind closed doors in the morning, in the evening, when Jesus isn't teaching. And probably the best gospel for that is John. Um, if, you're, if you're interested in that, in that kind of stuff, you get kind of like a glimpse into... Uh, the private life of of Jesus and the disciples, and it, it's great. But these these guys were committed. They they had left everything that they had, and they were all in. They were following Jesus every single day. They, you know, they they lived with him. And Jesus didn't have a, a house. He was traveling around from place to place, and 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 there were people following him. Uh, and these were some of the people who were following him. And then Pastor Gary then talks about um, two more levels beyond this. He talks about the three and the one. Uh, the three being uh, Jesus' kind of closest three. And um, I want to talk about them um, vaguely, but there are, some, uh, there are some key differences that I want to highlight between the first three levels and then these two. Um, these, these two levels are about intimacy. They're about how close are you to Jesus? Are you willing to... Uh, be his friend? Are you willing to share in the burden? Are you willing to, um, to, 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 to pay the price? You know, to, um, in, in the case of um, the one, this is specifically talking about John. Um, John, more than any other disciple, was, was ready to, um, to give his life up for Jesus. And when all of the other disciples um, had left Jesus, when, when Jesus was on the cross, John was with his mother. Uh, was with Jesus' mother at the foot of the cross. And, you know, we have um, this, oh, that's fun. Thank you, Skylar. Um, <laughs> um, the, this is about intimacy. Um, these, these, these two levels are about our closeness and relationship with Jesus, and they're not necessarily practical things. But what I realized when Pastor Gary was, was talking about this is, is really um, the, the church is kind of structured around this, um, is, is structured around these levels, and I want to highlight that. So, um, I, I have a question. How many people um, go to Grace Community Church? Does anyone know? Okay, just shout at me. 1,200? 4,000? Is that what you said? <laughs> okay. 1,400? 1,600? 2,000? Okay, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this is a, a generous two thousand, and what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna draw a block, right? Okay, so on a um, on an average Sunday, let's say, um, you know, we will have you know eight eight to a hundred uh, eight to a hundred thousand eight hundred to a thousand people, but people who come in infrequently will say that there's about 1,200 people um, coming um, on a Sunday. And then I'm going to add an additional 800 people for people who 
you know, the people of Grace Community Church is, it, are also touched by the ministry of Grace Community Church. So I'm going to add an additional 800 people. The next thing I'm going to do is I'm going to ask how many, how many people um, serve, you know, part-time? How many people are involved in, in different ministries? How many people help here at the Cornerstone? How many people, you know, if you were to add up all of those different numbers of people who are doing ESL, all of that stuff, how many do you think that would be? 300? 500? 400? 300? Including Cornerstone. <laughs> 150? Wow. Okay, that's... Whew. Okay, so this is... This is a this is a decidedly smaller um, box, and and we'll 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 say that this box, you know, actually let me let me do it like this. This is a number of different boxes. You know, this is you know all of the different ministries. This is all of the different things in in different areas, and and this 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 kind of comes to a sum total. Let's say about three hundred. Um, then then I want to ask you, you know, how many. How many people are on staff? Now I've actually done done the math. So so there's actually 55 people on staff according to the website. So I went through and counted them all up. There are 55 people on Grace Community Church staff. Um, so um, and you might notice I've kind of done this uh, underneath um, the these kind of five levels and. Um, I want to, um, I want to, um, kind of, uh, I want, I want to, I, I want us to look at this in a very vacuum-like uh, fashion. You know, I'm, I, I'm not looking at individuals on here. I'm not looking at the fact that, you know, someone who's serving here might be full-time at some, you know, in some other, you know, church. I'm looking at this in a very vacuum-like way, and so I want. I know I'm making generalizations, um, but I, I think uh, I want to speak to the generalization simply because um, the way that the world views us is through a generalization, and our ministry is to the world. You know, this Great Commission isn't just to church people, or this isn't just you know to a, to a few people. This this ministry is is to literally everyone. And, and, and the gospel of Jesus is available to anyone. And so I'm making generalizations because we, we've got to look at a, a kind of bigger picture, or a broader picture. Otherwise, we're not going to understand how the world sees us and how, how things look. Um, so these people are involved full time. They have their jobs. They're, they're able to be in kind of a fairly tight-knit community. Of, of people who are who are serving um, the the world and serving this community full time, um, and then you have people who 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 are committed. They're like, Jesus, you're cool. I'm involved. I love you. I'm I'm gonna serve you, but I but I have a job. I have things that go on. I'm busy. You know, I, I think everyone in here would say, Hey, I'm busy. <laughs> I'm really busy, um, and. And 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 actually, I think a lot of a lot of the people in this room possibly sit in in this box of like, hey, I, um, I I'm I'm involved part time in in God's ministry, and um, I'm also trying to you know make enough to survive, and I'm trying to do this, and I, I I'm I'm going to school, and all of these really good things, and then um, there are also you know this this much larger group of people who. Who come, you know, they they come and they 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 see God working. They see God working in their midst. And what I want to do is I want to uh, I want us to keep this in mind and kind of change the diagram. <laughs> Steve was saying that I'm gonna I'm gonna realize just how small this is, um, small of a whiteboard it is. Um, but we'll we'll come back to this in a second. Um, the next diagram that I want to draw, I'm being very diagram heavy because I love diagrams and I think that they're really good for communicating, is um, this diagram. I'm going to draw a line, um, and I'm going to I'm going to make the the x-axis of this line. Uh, it's it, it doesn't have a y-axis. The x-axis of this line um, 
is, is going to be closeness to Jesus. Um, you know, and if, if this was something that we could measure, um, somewhere, somewhere on this line has to be a, a point of salvation, right? Somewhere on this kind of closeness to Jesus, there has to be a, a, a line. And I'm going to arbitrarily draw it in the middle. Um, oh. Yeah. No, uh, it's not a y-axis. It's a line. This. I'll do it in a different color. I have so many colors. I'm so prepared. You don't even understand. <laughs> well, no, it's not a y-axis. It's a point. Okay. Oh, that one doesn't work. Okay, so somewhere on this, some somewhere on this closeness to Jesus, there is a point where you're close enough to Jesus that you're in, so to speak. And uh, I'm I'm saying this, and you all you're all kind of nodding and getting it. And um, and that's that's going to play into my point. It's fun. So <laughs> so this um, this space here is the mission field. Um, this space here is is people that we want to reach, you know. And then this space here is the bride. It's the bride of Christ. It is the the set apart people that God is coming back for. The 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 the, the community that has said, Jesus, you're you're mine. I'm all in. I love you. Okay. These are the people that that God is coming back for. Now, something that I noticed a while ago is that. A lot of our focus is um, is getting people across this line, right? A lot of our focus is, okay, how much do I need to do? What do I need to do to cross from this place into this place? Because I care about not dying, right? <laughs> like the 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 scary thing about like the promise of eternal life is like the not promise of eternal life and, and, and like hell. And so that's a scary thing. And so a lot, of our, a lot of our focus has been about crossing this line. And I wanna, I wanna pose to you that actually um, Jesus' heart and Jesus' invitation to us is not about this line at all. It's simply about how close can I get to Jesus? Okay, and what I think that this the, this this creates this 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 idea of I've just got to get across the line is um, I'm just going to make a mess on the floor and I'm okay. Um, <laughs> is I think this creates a large mass of people who have just crossed the line or who have just begin to see. Wow, Jesus is good. Jesus is good. Jesus will heal me. Jesus can do amazing things in my life. And that's real. That's real, right? But because our, our perspective is you've just got to cross the line, a lot of people just stop here. And, you know, some people are like, ah, oh, you know, I, I, I really like Jesus, <laughs> you know, or, or like maybe I now feel... Um, guilt because Jesus has done so much for me and so I need to do something in return for him, right? No. Um, <laughs> but then you get this kind of smaller group of people right here who then are like, oh, I've got to do something for Jesus so I'll be here and I'll, I'll, I'll do stuff, right? And I'll, I'll minister to these people and, and maybe I'll do some stuff over here. And, and that's just not Jesus' heart. Jesus' heart is not um, like fear-driven. It's not about us saying, okay, I, Jesus has done something good for me. I need to do something good for him. Or I just need to get away from this terrible damnation that's coming for me. Jesus is just like, know me. Know me. Be my friend. And so I kind of want to throw, throw this out, but you can see how it's beginning to create that same structure. 
And it's beginning to create that same idea that I, I've just got to get across this line and once I'm across this line, one, when I'm doing the minimum requirements, when I'm sitting in church and, and paying my tithe, and people don't think like this. I'm, I'm saying this because this is, this is the kind of like outside looking in. This is the culture, not necessarily what people are thinking. Um, there are great, like, well-meaning people who just come to church. And because that's all they know. That's all they think that they have to do. Or, or that's, that's all they know. And so it kind of creates this structure where the perceived level, and I'm, I'm going to use this, um, that one's dead, um, where the perceived level to do ministry is here. And that one doesn't work either. Um, the, the perceived level, which you need to get to, to do ministry is, is right about here. You know, you've, you've now got your, um, your seminary degree, you've now um, spent, you know, so many years in, in preparation, you've gone to this conference, you've been anointed with this much oil, you, you know, whatever it is, you've, you've now arrived and you've got the title pastor. <laughs> or you've, you've got the, I, I don't know, you, you've, you've been ordained or whatever it is. Like, but that's, that's the perception. The perception is those people are the people who are leading the flock. Those are the people leading the way. And I kind of want to flip that around. Um, so um, let's erase some of this. There it is. Um, so what I want to, uh, it's this one. Um, what I want to propose is that because Jesus' heart is is this, not that we graduate from one place to another, but Jesus' heart is that we would seek him and that we would keep seeking. That, that I, was, I was just talking about it, like that, that, that verse that says, you know, seek and you'll find, knock and it will be open to you. It's a present tense. It's keep seeking, keep knocking, um, keep asking. And so, you know, I, I think God's heart is that we would keep seeking him, that we would keep following him, that we'd keep walking towards him, that we would have this heart of Jesus, I want to be your friend, I want to be close to you. And what I think um, that could do is that instead of, um, instead of it creating this mass here, instead it would create a, a, a domino effect where people are moving from one place to another in their own time where they're seeking God all the more, step by step. You know, they're tasting and they're seeing that God is good. Okay, I'm going to take one more step. You know, one more step of surrender, one more step of, of closeness. Um, but something that I've, I've realized um, in that is that because of the structure that, w that, that presently exists, because of the structure that, um, you know, we've got, we've got this huge mass of, of, of people who have crossed the line, and we've got this, this kind of smaller mass, and then an even smaller mass uh, of people, it kind of creates, there's, the, there's an interesting dynamic that I've seen, where there's an invitation to step from here to here, there's an invitation to say, okay, like, and, and, and there's an invitation to step, you know, from outside, but that's kind of less of a focus in some ways I've seen, but there's an invitation to step from the crowd into, I'm going to volunteer, but there isn't really this invitation to step into a full-time commitment where you can follow Jesus every single day, um, and I think that as a community, and, and what I've been What's been on my heart is that we are pressing up against this boundary to the point where it's like ridiculously painful. <laughs> um, you know, w we now have like probably, you know, like to the point where this has, this thing here, this 72 is like this, where, you know, we've, we like ever, like so many people here that I see, no, I need to be involved. I, I, there's no way for them to cross that boundary. There's no way for them to, to have a full-time position. 
and, and the reason for that is because, one, there isn't enough money. Um, they, there, isn't, there isn't enough money for, for the church to hire 100 college students. <laughs> like, there, there just isn't. Um, you know, as much as I would love to be like, please hire all of these amazing people, all of these people who are, who are, who are sold out, who want to serve the Lord, who want to grow, they don't need, like, you know, I, I'm putting words in their mouth, but a lot of them don't need the jobs that they have because they're so focused on doing ministry that they want to learn, they want to grow, they want to serve God for the rest of their lives. They don't need to be doing this extra stuff sometimes. Um, you know, and, and some of some of you I know, God is calling you to be, you know, world changers and 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 stuff in 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 your colleges, and that that's great. And <laughs> we're gonna like jump into kind of some more of the like practical steps. But I've been I, I've I've been struggling with this boundary because I I, I live in um, you know if if you know me I I live in this like very interesting position where I get to do this. I get to be full-time all-in in some ways in a very unique situation. You know, I, 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 my expenses are very, very minimal, and so I don't need to be paid much, and for like nine months I was living off nothing. Um, you know, I would, I would just sometimes go and clean someone's house, and, and that would give me enough money for my phone bill, and that was it. You know, I'd come here and and like there'd be food on the bar, and I'd just be like, okay, <laughs> that's that's enough food for today. Okay, cool. Like, and that that's how I live my life, and and in some ways I'm still living my life a little bit like that. And by God's grace, like I've I've managed to like increase the amount of money that I've been making. But it's I get this unique opportunity in some ways that I get to live this the, this life where, man, like I I get to do ministry all of the time. And, and I say I get to do ministry all of the time. Ministry isn't just like this like ethereal thing. Like ministry is practical. It's real. It's working. It's sending emails. It's setting up, you know, new systems. It's, it's organizing. It's cleaning. It's building. It's construction. It's, um, it's driving people places. It's having lunch. It's praying with people. It's crying with people. It's going on walks. It's, it's everything. And but something that I love about it is that it consumes everything, and <laughs> and it's great. Um, but it's so good. Um, but I want to remove this barrier because I think it exists, and I think part of the reason that it exists is money. And one of the things that I, I've also noticed on this whole like money topic, because I want to be real with you, is that in the present church structure, there's a dependence caused by money. Um, there's a dependence that that these people, in some ways, they have to stay here. They have to have their nine to five jobs. They have to do the thing so that these people can get paid, right? These people don't make money. These people make money. These people give money here, okay? That's how it works. It's you come to church, you give some money, and then these people can get paid and continue doing the ministry. And that's what we want to break down. Everyone who follows Jesus should be doing ministry. That's, that's, that's our hearts. But right now, the, the kind of culture that this creates is that you guys don't do ministry so that we can do ministry. And, and, and you guys stay here, right? And it's not, it's not that these people are saying you should stay here because actually they're saying, like, move up. And they want people to move up. But at the same time, the structure forces those people to stay there in some ways. And something that I've been fixed upon is that um, form must follow function. What we do must follow our purpose. So, like, the method must reflect the mission. And if our method is stopping our mission, then we should just throw away the method. And not in a, like, bad way, but we should, like, re-engineer it and, and, and make it work. So, what I've been thinking... And <laughs> where I think that we're at is I would love, I would love to get to a place where instead of the money coming from here, instead the money comes from here. And, and, and I have some ideas of how, how we can do that. And I have some ideas of, of, of like what that could look like. Um, 
some of those ideas involve things that we're already doing, and that's something that I'm, I'm like really, really excited about. You know, the fact that we already have a system where we can live together, a way in which we can say, hey, I want more discipleship. I want to be around God's people more. I want to be involved in, in what God's doing in this place. I'm going to move in with all of these people and save some money. Like, admittedly, like, you save some money living in the discipleship housing. But, you know, there's so much more to it than that. There's this discipleship aspect of it. And, you know, I, I think our definition of discipleship, like, it, it goes back to this, like, go, going back to those key principles we get to be with God's people. We get to experience. We get to, we, we get to, demon, like, we get it, we get, uh, it's demonstrated to us more often. We get to practice it and fail at it and get correction at it. Like, there's so many things that that, like, that program brings. But I, I want to focus partly on, on this, on this money issue. Like, what, what would it take, um, what would it take us to do, like, what would it look like if we said, hey, let's work together. Let's, let's not only live together, but now let's, let's work together. Let's, let's, let, let's start up an electrical company. You know, let's actually open a coffee shop. Let's actually start a, a, a media business. Let's actually do something. And and, and, and I bring up those ideas because those are ideas that you guys, like, that people have, have, have talked to me about. And I'm like, yes, yes, <laughs> let's do that. <laughs> but, but you know what it requires? Like, doing, doing this kind of thing, this is a new level for, 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 a com for really, for a community. Because we're saying, okay, let's, like, Let's now, like, you think we were close before, now let's start talking money. Like, <laughs> let's, let's start talking about the things that really, like, grind people's gears. Let's talk about rent. Let's talk about where your expenses are going. Let's talk about, wait, like, I gave you $300 for, you know, your, your, your food, your money, uh, like, your, your phone contract, and you spent it on that? Do you think that was wise? Like, you know, let's, like, th this is a new level. <laughs> like, that would be a new level. But I want to explore this kind of idea, this thought of let's, let's take the burden off these people so that they can become these people. Let's take the burden off these people so they can become these people. And let's bear the, the burden. Let's let, let, let us, you know, think of some ways. Okay, like, if, if I'm going to follow Jesus the rest of my life, okay, yeah, God God is supernatural. He's going to provide for us, but he's also natural. Like, he's this supernaturally natural, naturally supernatural God. He works through us. Anytime that I've received money supernaturally, it's not been like, Jesus, give me money in my hands right now. Like, it's, it's, it's not been like, God makes diamonds in your hands, like, and, and maybe he can, like, I, I, I really want to see that, if, if God has made, like, dollar bills, or, like, hundred dollar bills in your hands, like, I want to see those and touch those, um, but, like, God is naturally supernatural, he works, um, he works through people's generosity, he works through the community, and so, as, as I read through all of these passages, as we read through, like, acts like i i see these I, I see these snippets and it's like man i was just going through it yesterday oh dear. okay i was going through it this morning like you know and it continues you know um in in uh, in acts 8 they're still house to house you know and uh, you know they're still doing things together um paul you know when we when we hear about his conversion he he's immediately like i need to be in community like he immediately just starts living with 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 like with the the believers that were in that place and it's like how did paul who was persecuting christians who hated them know exactly like how they worked and it's because he had seen it you know he'd been taking going to people's houses and carrying them off like he knew that they lived together he knew that they were close to one another and so he knew like oh cool this is what i need to be a part of you know and and then even, like, in the, the passage that we were just talking about, Peter, 
wasn't on his own, like, and, and we focus on Peter, like, you know, he's receiving these visions, but he has his companions. He has people that he's training who are with him, who are staying with him, and they travel with him and go on this whole adventure. Um, and, and something that I want to, to, to say is, like, how, like a, as an invitation, if, if you feel like you're in this 72, I want to invite you into this 12. I want to invite you into this full-time experience of Jesus because something that I realized for myself was, man, I, I learned the most and I've experienced the most of Jesus and, and I've, I've grown the most when I throw myself in the deep end. When, when I say, okay, Jesus, I'm going to go to this conference and I'm going to learn so much and you spend all day like in a conference or, you know, I'm going on some mission trip and it's like, oh man, I'm learning so much, but I'm serving and I'm doing things. And it's not like, you know, some pastor's like screaming at you the whole time. It's like this, I'm, I'm invested. I'm stepping into a new level where I'm, I'm involved. And I think you guys have experienced that, you know. And I, I didn't say it earlier, but like, I think that uh, a product of, of uh, and I, I, I don't want to just focus on Grace Community Church. Like this is, this is something that you see all over the place. I've been to, uh, you know, lots and lots of churches. I've been involved in lots of different things. And I've seen this over and over and over and over again. And, and the, the idea is I'm, we're just going to inflate our funnel. We're going to get better. Like, we're, we're going to have a bigger and bigger service so that we can have, like, a fraction more things happening. And, and I think that um, the... the that all of the missions organizations that exist come f- uh, as a product of, of, of kind of the failing of the local church. They, they come from, like, why, why do you think YWAM exists? Why do you think there are these organizations that are like, oh, like, let's use these people, uh, like, these young people who are all in for Jesus, let's use them full time and teach them how to be missionaries. But uh, where I think that those organizations struggle is, sustainability they don't you for for those YWAMers to do the thing they have to pay a massive DTS and they have to do all of this stuff and it's like they have to raise all of this support but you know like I I want to I want to dive into this new like I uh, not new idea this old idea I want to I want to go back to this like this foundation that's been laid Um, I want to try something new as a community where you know, we really say, okay, how do we be sustainable of ourselves and do ministry full time? Like, what would that look like? And, you know, if you're if you're like interested in this, like, there, there's, I, I want to actually do this. This isn't just like a, a like, ah, yeah, Luke's talking about something fun, and yeah, I'm gonna take this away. Like, if you're actually like, what Luke's, Luke's talking about is 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 like awesome, and I'm in, and I I've been like thinking the same things because you probably have been. Um, because God's not just t- telling me this, like, he's telling, like, all of us this. Um, I want you to text me. It's probably going to be on the screen as well, because Skylar's a gem. Um, I want you to text me. Um, I want to, <laughs> yes. Um, I, I want to, I want to spend some time, and, and I want to do this the right way. I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do, because this is my life. Um, like, I want you to know I'm really personally invested in this. Like, um, this isn't just a small thing for me. This is, like, my entire life. Um, this is what I feel like God's calling me to do. Um, and so, if you're interested in doing this, give me a text. If you're interested in being a part of this, give me a text. Um, it'll probably be a Sunday night or something. I want to come up here. I want to buy, like, much, much more paper. And I want to... I want us to like dream over the next month, over June. I want to spend the time dreaming. I want us to spend time praying together. I want to figure out, okay, God, like what could this look like? What, what might this look like? What are you wanting to do? And then um, July, I want to focus on, okay, like let's, let's concrete some plans. Let's, let's actually turn those, those big dreams and ideas into like something solid that we could actually do, like a plan. And then I want to spend August doing it. Like I want to, I want to spend August starting. So that's kind of like my um, my thing. And I guess I'm out of time. But I want to say um, um, that's not leaving. It's okay. 
just giving me a kiss. Um, so <laughs> it's a little fly. Um, this has been done before. This, this has been done before. It was done in the 18th century, if you're interested. The Moravian, um, the Moravian movement, sometimes it's called Moravian church, Moravian community, whatever. Um, they were persecuted group of people. It was illegal for them to do what they wanted to do. So they like just started walking. They ended up on someone's land and were like, okay, cool. Like We're just going to set up this like crazy community. And they started 24-7 prayer for 100 years. Um, they, they were the first Protestant church to do missions. They influenced John Wesley in like his understanding of like grace and what it means to be like, okay, Jesus, you've forgiven me of my sins, and now I can just be okay. <laughs> like what? <laughs> but yeah, like if if you're interested in doing this, like please. I'm thinking, I I I'm thinking the second of June, six p.m. So I'll like text me because that might change. Um, but. I don't think it will. Um, so Sunday night, 2nd of June, probably, but text me as well because I probably want to talk with you as well before. So, um, yeah, I'm just going to stop. <laughs> stop for right now. Hey, guys. This, this is something that's burning in Luke's heart because it's from the Holy Spirit. And the Lord brought Luke here from England because he couldn't find uh, another person to do what Luke can do. I want you to think about that. Luke, Luke, it's not that Luke just showed up here and didn't have anything to do back home. Luke is here because there's because Luke has a calling in his life that only Luke can fulfill. There's no substitute for Luke. Same way, there is no substitute for you. There's nobody who can do for you your responsibility in this life, your calling in this life. God has called you to specific things that are that are specific to you. The question is, are you, are you going to be like Luke and fulfill what God's calling you to do? I mean, Luke, Luke is working against uh, a lot of barriers, including his own financial barriers. I mean, you know, he, two years ago, he came and told me how the church ought to be, and I said, okay, why don't you help me do it? And he said, okay, and he started working full-time, more than full-time for the Cornerstone and Grace Community Church and Church of One Accord. And, and there are times where I'm like, did you eat today? He's like, no, but I might get some bread later on. <laughs> you know why? I mean, why are you doing this, man? Why don't I go get your – his dad's got a position for him in his, in his dad's company that would pay Luke well. So why don't you go work for your dad, man? And why are you doing this? You know why? Here's the reason. Because it's worth it. Because what, what Luke is doing is worth it. What Luke is talking about is he drew these squares up here, stepping over the line, how to get from the, from the 72 to the 12. I mean, he didn't, have to, he didn't sit back and think, I wonder if I can afford this. He just did it. You, you want to know how you, how you step from the 72 to the 12? You forsake all. Say, there's nothing that's going to keep me from doing what God's called me to do. And, no, and Lord, you don't have to give me one penny. All I want to do is know you more. And so there, there's, lots, there's, there's lots of questions about how do we fund those people who are full-timers in ministry. I just want to say the person who forsakes his life gains it, and the person who tries to hold on his life loses it all. I mean, I never sat back and thought, I wonder if I can afford to be a pastor. Never. In fact, when I came on the staff, staff at Grace, I was like, please don't pay me. Because I didn't want the pressure of having to produce something for money. All of it was, I'm doing this because I love Jesus. So the, it looks even an invitation. Not, he's not going to have you stand up tonight. But he's saying, he, we, we guys, you know, he's, he's, we're tr what we're trying to do, what he's trying to do, what the Lord is doing, is, is building a momentum, a movement of young people who are all in because they love Jesus. And, you know, this, this, like Luke said, this is, this is his calling. This is his life. He's not doing this for two years and then he's going to go back and get the engineering degree. If he gets the engineering degree, it's all going to be so that he can do, build, build this thing. And I just want to say, what, is it, what, what else is there to live for? What, what else? What, and what do you want to do? Buy a boat when you get old and go sailing? I mean, let's, let's do this 
because Jesus is worthy of whatever it cost us. So guys, let's, st- let's stand up and pray. Lord Jesus, we, we, don't, we don't have any idea how to make the things happen that you've put in our hearts. And all we're doing right now, guys, would you just put your hands out? Just put your palms up. Everybody put your palms up and just say, here is my life, Lord. Here I am. Send me. Use me. My life is yours. Every breath comes from you, and so I give you every breath, every ounce of energy, every bit of money, all my relationships, all the days of my future, all given to you for your glory, Lord. And would you just show us how to give you maximum glory from this community? We want you, Lord. Show us the way. Show Luke the way, Lord. I just, just ask him for greater grace in his life, that you'd protect him from all the schemes of the devil. That you help them to, to just keep on running hard after you and that there would be thousands of people who follow him. Because his heart is for you. And Lord, would you, would you just keep doing these kinds of things in all of our lives, Lord? Teaching us. Teaching us to hear your voice. Putting passions in our heart that will change the world. Thank you that I get to be a part of doing ministry with these great people. Thank you, Lord. Show us the way. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, if you need prayer, um, we've got a prayer room upstairs. I want to invite you to go up there. Who's? Uh, do we have people? Assi- okay, we got people in the prayer room who are going to pray for you. If you need special prayer for healing or for anything, you guys can go up to the prayer room. Otherwise, we're dismissed.